Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. Nicaragua snaps ties with Taiwan, establishes diplomatic relations in China. Minimum wage and social benefits in the Caribbean Netherlands increase as of January 1, 2022. The digital version of the EC dollar, Dcash, officially launched in Dominica. Barbados government plans universal income for all. MOU signed for market study of Jamaica Blue Mountain coffee and Bahamas no holiday carnival. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Friday, December 10th. We start our report today with a look at diplomatic relations between Nicaragua and China. HaitianNews.net reports that China has established diplomatic relations with Nicaragua after the latter cut ties with Taiwan and endorsed a one-China policy, Chinese state media reported. The two countries signed a communique on the establishment of ties in the early hours of Friday. In the Chinese city of Tianjin, Sputnik reported, citing Chinese central television. On Thursday, Nicaragua Foreign Minister Dennis Moncada said, that in television announcement, the government of Nicaragua declares that it recognized that there is only one China in the world. Nicaragua's announcement leaves a little more than a dozen countries worldwide that maintain official diplomatic relations with Taiwan, including fellow Central American countries, Honduras and Guatemala. Although Taiwan and China have been separately governed for more than 70 years, Beijing views the democratic island of of 24 million as a part of its territory and has regularly stated its aim of reunification, despite the fact that Taiwan has never been ruled by the Chinese Communist Party. In a statement, Taiwan's foreign minister expressed pain and regret at the news and said it would in turn sever diplomatic relations with Nicaragua, halt bilateral cooperation, and evacuate staffers from the country, reported CNN. Under President Xi Jinping, China has steadily ramped up its global influence and outreach. Meanwhile, recent U.S. presidents Donald Trump and Joe Biden have sought to bolster Taiwan on the world stage with large arms sales and high-profile visits by U.S. officials. St. Martin Island News.net reports that as of January 1, 2022, the Netherlands Ministry of Social Affairs and Employment will increase the minimum wage on Bonaire, Seba, and St. Eustatius by 10%. Inflation is included in this. The amounts of the social benefits, such as the old age pension and the social relief, will also increase. As of January 1, 2022, people of 65 years or older who are entitled to the old age pension on a basis of living and working on Bonaire, Sabre, and St. Eustatius will receive a 10% more old age pension, the AOV. The partner allowance will increase proportionately. The widow and orphan pension will also increase by 10%. The social relief amounts also increase by 10%. The same applies for the child supplement and the supplements that have existed since 2020 for fully and permanently disabled people and those entitled to the AOV. 
Dominican News Online reports that the Eastern Caribbean Central Bank has made Dcash, the digital version of its Eastern Caribbean dollar, available for public use in two additional countries, Dominica and Montserrat. The Eastern Caribbean Central Bank launched blockchain-based Dcash, which enables people to pay for goods and services and send funds to other Dcash users using a smart device in March across four of its member countries. In doing so, it became the world's first retail central bank digital currency within the currency union. During the launching ceremony on December 7th, the governor of the Eastern Caribbean Central Bank, Timothy Antoine, highlighted the three policy goals of Dcash payment system, payment system efficiency, financial inclusion of the unbanked and underbanked populations, and increased resilience and competitiveness for the Eastern Caribbean Currency Union. Individuals and business owners who hold accounts with the National Bank of Dominica are now able to sign up for use of Dcash through that financial institution. In March 2021, Dcash was launched in four of eight Eastern Caribbean Currency Union countries, namely Antigua and Barbuda, Grenada, St. Christopher, St. Kitts and Nevis, and St. Lucia, then in August, St. Vincent and the Grenadines. Following Tuesday's launch, Anguilla will be the last Eastern Caribbean Currency Union member where DC Cash will be launched. Barbados Today reports that it appears that the government of Barbados is moving ahead with its plan to provide Barbadians with a universal basic income, which may come in the form of citizens' dividends. Avnash Perswad, special envoy to the Prime Minister of Barbados on investment and financial services in a recent posting on Facebook, indicated that this was in the cards. He suggested that the citizens' dividends may be combined with the annual reverse tax credit to form some kind of universal basic income. A universal basic income is defined as a government program in which every adult citizen receives a set amount of money regularly. The goal of the basic income system are to alleviate poverty and replace other need-based social programs that potentially require greater bureaucratic involvement. We are moving towards universal basic income across three fronts, he said, while commenting on the absence of a government representative on a panel being hosted on the subject. Prasad wrote, despite all the pressures from international agencies to target, we hold a line on universality. That's why we restored free tertiary education for all. International studies have shown this is critical to social mobility and opportunity. The less well-off cannot take on the payments, risk, and worry of getting heavily in debt to secure their future. It is also why we create the new business interruption benefit for self-employed national insurance scheme members, giving them some basic income 
and support for the first time even without them having a standard employment contract. The government is reviewing all national insurance scheme benefits to make sure they are relevant to modern work and that all continue to view the national insurance scheme as their social security system and not just those in traditional employment. Persuade also spoke to the government's sovereign wealth fund, which he said will own all of the government's assets and the administration will make them work for all Barbadians. He said the assets not needed for government operations will not be sold but used to generate income or swap for assets that can. The idea is that some of the income produced every year would be given back to all citizens over the age of 18, perhaps in the form of citizens' dividend. Over time, the citizens' dividend and reverse tax credit could form the basis of a universal basic income and create a greater sense of belonging to all of our people. The government advisor added that one of the critical issues of the universal basic income was the mechanism of financing. Barbados's highly innovative reverse tax credit, introduced by the Owen Arthur administration, the envy of many developed countries, was the first into a universal basic income. That was long the objective under the reverse tax credit. If your income is not above some basic level, the government will top it up with a payment or reverse tax credit. Jamaica Information Service reports that a memorandum of understanding for the market study of Jamaica Blue Mountain Coffee and the Jamaica High Mountain Coffee sub-project was signed on Wednesday. The official signing ceremony between Jamaica Social Investment Fund Rural Economic Development Initiative 2 and the Jamaica Promotions Corporation was held at the Pegasus Hotel in Kingston. According to Jamaica Information Service, Managing Director Mr. Omar Sweeney, Jamaica Promotions Corporation, will undertake the comprehensive market study and is expected to employ field studies and interviews with domestic producers and processors of coffee to ascertain capacity and the challenges associated with production. This MOU seeks to set out areas for corporation and the respective roles and responsibilities regarding the implementation of a consultancy for the development of a coffee marketing strategy, the anticipated National Yam Strategy Consultancy, and other projects eligible for funding, he further stated. President of Jamaica Promotions Corporation, Ms. Diane Edwards, noted that over the next eight months, the team will be conducting validation research on Jamaica Blue Mountain coffee markets. They're going to be looking at the market and consumer trends at the distribution channels in the international market and really deciding where the best market is for us to focus our efforts. We're a small country producing a luxury product. We have a really critical focus, she said. Against that backdrop, she noted that the corporation will explore unique market opportunities for single, fair trade, and organically grown coffee. 
Then they will make recommendations to mitigate some of the challenges that I outline in order to make production viable and sustainable, and to guarantee some profitability for farmers, producers, exporters, and everyone along the value chain. She stated. Jamaica Information Service reports that Jamaica's Prime Minister, the Most Honorable Andrew Holness, said the island remains favorable for foreign direct investment despite the impact of the coronavirus. Speaking at the official opening of the 444 suite. Ocean Eden Bay Hotel in Trelawney on Thursday, Mr. Holness said the government continues to create a positive and resilient fiscal environment, which has been reaffirmed by international rating agencies. It is not just the environmental assets that attract you to the island. Jamaica is a very stable democracy. In addition to that, Jamaica has a very resilient economy. With all that has happened around the world, we see debt increasing, particularly in small island developing states, especially within the Caribbean, and we see other signs of economic instability creeping in. But Jamaica's economic performance has. Been very stable, the prime minister said. While other countries have been revised and downgraded, Jamaica's rating has been reaffirmed, and that is also another reason why investors are looking to Jamaica. He added, Prime Minister Holness noted that the government is working to significantly improve ease of doing business and the efficiency of the public bureaucracy, which will create an environment that facilitates greater investment opportunities. When you put All of those together, Jamaica would be uncontested in the region as a place where you have commercial footprint and investment. He argued, Tourism Minister the Honorable Edmund Bartlett, in his remarks, noted that hotel investments are critical to Jamaica's economic development. They generate billions of direct and indirect revenues for Jamaica and employ. Thousands of workers, and in this instance, nearly 800 workers are benefiting from this opening and the expansion of the H10 facilities here in Trelawney. Of course, the guests that come—they're spending pumps millions into local economies and communities where the properties are located. He said. The NASA Guardian reports that the Bahamas Ministry of Health and Wellness has rejected a request to allow the holiday carnival to operate this year as a result of the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. Office of the Prime Minister Press Secretary Clint Watson announced yesterday, adding that the risk outweighs any benefits envisioned. The announcement came one day before the carnival was set to start operations, and followed days of confusion over whether permission had been granted. The advisory committee, which has been meeting since the start of the pandemic to assess situations like this and give approval for events, has met and identified several reasons why this event should not be approved. Watson said at a weekly briefing at the office of the Prime Minister. 
The basis of this science has not changed. Social distancing is a key tool in mitigating the spread of the virus. As the holiday carnival is usually categorized as an event where people associate in close quarters, the Ministry of Health was not adequately satisfied that people from separate households will remain three to six feet apart from each other. Operators of the carnival had already set up many of the rides and equipment for the event at Fort Charlotte when Watson made the announcement. The holiday carnival did not take place last year due to the pandemic. While reporters visited the site yesterday, Joseph Alberts, manager and coordinator of Midways by McCafferty Enterprises, said the company will talk to other people in the political platform since its request was denied. Watson said the organizers of the carnival did not provide the ministry with the number of people expected to be at the carnival. He said that figure is anticipated to exceed the number considered as a risk for concerts and other outdoor activities. Recently, requests submitted by the Ministry of Health and Wellness for events of this scale have not been approved and approving at this stage will reflect a significant deviation from the ministry's standard for approving these types of requests, Watson said. It is with that that the Ministry of Health and Wellness has resigned to not approve the request for the holding of the annual holiday carnival this year. The NASA Guardian reports that the Bahamas Minister of Agriculture Clay Sweeting said this week that the government hopes to bring legislation to establish a cannabis industry within the next year or so. We are working along with the Attorney General's office, Sweeting said, when asked to provide an update on the matter. We are reviewing the previously proposed legislation to see how we can adapt and make sure it's inclusive of all Bahamians, not just a select few. So hopefully within the next year or so, we will have something we can bring forth. The Minnis administration drafted a medicinal cannabis bill 2021 that would establish an authority to lay out the framework of a medical marijuana industry in the Bahamas and enable the licensed cultivation, importation, exportation, processing, transportation, and research of medical cannabis. The Menace administration also drafted an amendment to the Dangerous Drug Act, which would decriminalize possession of up to two ounces of marijuana. In the lead up to September 16th general election, the progressive liberal party in our blueprint for change promised to develop comprehensive regulatory framework for growing, harvesting and exporting cannabis so that the industry creates opportunity for many, not just a few. The party committed to encouraging joint ventures in the medicinal cannabis industry. In March, while the opposition PLP leader Philip Brave Davis said while his government would create a regulatory framework for the growing and exporting of marijuana to the world market and also consider legalizing medicinal marijuana, the party had reservations about legalizing the drug for recreational use. 
The reservation is there is still a debate in the scientific community on its impact on young people and enforcing the youthful use versus adulthood use. It's always troubling, as it is with alcohol, Davis said. Barbados today via CMC reports that the head of the Police Welfare Association in St. Vincent and the Grenadines, Station Sergeant Brenton Smith, had lost his job because of his refusal to comply with government's COVID-19 vaccine mandate. However, he has served notice that he will challenge the decision. Police officers are among a wide cross-section of public sector workers deemed frontline employees have been mandated to get vaccinated to continue their jobs. Smith, who has been an officer for 27 years, did not comply. He was informed that he was deemed to have resigned from his job as a police officer. He, however, told CMC that he does not consider himself as having resigned. I have been fired, Smith said in a telephone interview. The letter informing him of the decision was hand-delivered by a sergeant of police. Smith told CMC he was not surprised to get the letter as low-ranked officers received similar letters from Commissioner of Police Colin John on Tuesday. He said he has seven days in which to appeal, and he intends to do so. And finally, the Virgin Islands Consortium reports that the U.S. Virgin Islands Governor Albert Bryan announced Friday that after years of trying to establish a safe site for drag racing on St. Croix, his administration received a donation of a 2.5-acre site by St. Croix Renaissance Group to the government of the Virgin Islands to help make this effort a reality. This week, Mr. Bryan signed an agreement with the Renaissance Group Vice President of Engineering engineering and energy Jehangir Zakaria to donate a parcel of land allowing the Caribbean Drag Racing Association to extend its strip and drag racing facility as well as to enhance safety measures according to the government house release. The Renaissance Park donated land when added to the adjacent 16-acre site currently owned by the U.S. Virgin Islands Port Authority and leased to the Caribbean Drag Racing Association, a nonprofit organization, make for a complete drag racing development site that permits safe drag racing not on our highways, Government House said. The governor has long touted sports as one of the best avenues for community engagement and youth activity and as a niche market for tourism. In October, he provided the Caribbean Drag Racing Association with $337,750 in grant funding to complete the redevelopment of the drag racing site, which is just east of the Henry E. Rolson Airport on St. Croix. According to the release, the reconstruction of the drag racing track includes installation of safety walls and fencing and to pave the return lane of the track. 
supervision of the operations of the drag racing events will be undertaken by the U.S. Virgin Islands Department of Sports, Parks and Recreation. In 2020, the Caribbean Drag Racing Association also received $500,000 in government funding to begin work of building a better, safer track. That funding, in addition to the private sector support, covered the cost of paving the main drag racing strip and the construction of ADA-compliant bleachers and a judge tower with a VIP section. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Friday, December 10th. I'm Keisha Wallace. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com and be sure to like and follow us on Facebook, now Meta.